Welcome to the Solomon's Porch Podcast, the podcast from the worship experience of Solomon's Porch at Valdosta First United Methodist Church. We want you to be encouraged and inspired in your faith journey. So sit back and relax, unless you're driving or using heavy machinery, and enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Um, we, uh, I'm here to give a short uh, testimony uh, of what happened yesterday. We had a, a fantastic outreach opportunity called Loads of Love, um, which we were um, uh, able to go to uh, Sud City, which laundromat here, um, right off of Ashley Street, and um, do three things, to pay, to play, and to pray. <laughs> uh, let me explain. Um, this is something that... Um, uh, Shannon actually had on her heart that she had seen um, another church uh, do, and it, it, it worked to great effect uh, to minister to the people in, in the surrounding area of that particular church, and uh, brought the idea, and, and at first everybody goes, okay, well, that's, that's interesting, you know, I, because when you, when you, when I, I think of when you offer to pay for anything for anyone who's a total stranger, the first thing we are conditioned to do is push back, to have the walls up, to be defensive. Um, you know, I'm like that with my own father. When we go out to dinner, he likes to pay for the entire family. That's what just his, that's the, he likes to do that. That's his blessing to the family. And, and, we're, and we're always like, no, no, Dad, we have, we got, we got it. You know, there's pushback always. But what we found yesterday as we, as we walked into Sud City and we had this massive bag full of quarters and and an envelope of, of a bunch of ones that you gave uh for for this particular um event it was at first it was awkward because it was just uh, but to kind of stand around like what are these people doing here and we 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 just uh dispersed and what we found is as we got uh as we got going and you know you mind it, would you like you know could I would you let me uh, allow me to pay for for your laundry um, and as we, as soon as the first person that said yes, said yes, then, then the, the immediate thing was the question of why are you doing this? Where are you from? Um, what's, the, what's the catch? You know, those kind of questions. And that really opened the door for a lot of us to, you know, first of all, um, um, plug our, our church family and what's going on here and what, and what we feel like God is doing here, and God's laying on our hearts, obviously, to go out and 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 serve our community in, in a very unique way. Um, and and we got all sorts of stories. And I think, for me, what I can say is what impacted me the most is hearing people tell tell their story. Uh, one particular um, couple, as we were just kind of talking to them, uh, Tim and April were their names. And I hope they come today. They said they may may come at eleven o'clock, but. Um, they're here from Dublin, and um, he was re- let go from his job, and um, uh, nowhere to go, no, he just didn't know what to do, and he had, they had some relatives down here, so they moved to, to Valdosta, and um, he's, uh, he found a job, but it's significantly less than what he was making, and they're really having a hard time, but as we're paying for their laundry, and just talking about them, and their kids, and their family, and uh, April, the, the, the wife, she just um, begin to tell um, us about her sisters, one of which is lives here, and um, they don't know where she is, and she's 
roaming the streets and she's on drugs and she's there's a lot of things going on and she's just pouring her heart out about this to a total to someone she just met three minutes ago and I was just blown away by how generosity I, I what I saw was in my own heart was that generosity selfless um, generosity no strings attached uh, grace can open the door to some healing and to some really neat moments where God, God moments, where God is in the middle of that conversation. And uh, we could even see healing begin to take place just in the conversation, you know, uh, with these sweet people. And we saw, we got to meet all sorts of great people. Some we knew, uh, some I knew, and some, uh, most we didn't. Um, But there was a language barrier there some uh, with some of our, um, uh, some of our Mexican friends that were there. But they, uh, uh, as soon as we got past the language barrier they were more they were just uh, blown away that anyone would come in with money their own money money that had been given for that purpose to do that and to, to, to be able to explain to them why we were doing it because of how we've been loved extravagantly by God and we want to do the same um, we got a lot of at first it was what's the catch are you selling something you know that kind of thing but the, as soon as they realized that, that there was none of that, we just wanted to love on people, then uh, we saw God do some really neat things. And one of the neatest things for me is, is to bring my own children along and to see them get in the floor and, and play in color with, with kids that they didn't know. Um, and, and I told Bob, I said, you know, we want, we want to raise our kids n- n- with the understanding that that's what that's just what we do we want them to know that's just how we live that's how we want to live is to put others ahead of ourselves and we don't always do that well sometimes it takes an event like loads of love to bring that out of us i know it does me and i work at a church i tell you know that's it, it, I, I was convicted that I, i'm not always living a life of extravagance of giving away things and being generous with what i have for the sake of others, not just for the sake of me and my children, because sometimes we go, me and mine, and we got to make sure we're taken care of first and everything. But the Lord has a way of taking care of you, blessing you over and above when we're blessing others. So I, it just touched my heart to see my own children ministering to children. They didn't realize they were ministering to anyone. They were just playing. But anyway, uh, fantastic opportunity. I, I pray we get to do it again really, really soon. You'll hear more about it um, uh, in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Um, but we have lots of stories, and you'll hear about them hopefully on social media, Facebook. Lot of stories have already been shared um, from yesterday. If you go on to um, the Solomon's Porch and the Valdosta FUMC uh, Facebook pages, you, you'll see some stories there already posted in the impact that, uh, that was had there, not just on the people that we were uh, uh, attempting to, to love on, but the impact, the greatest impact was in ourselves. To, um, to, to come away just uh, in awe of what God can do with a simple, simple, uh, uh, simple act of, of generosity. So uh, with that, we're going to pray, and then we're uh, got uh, Bob, not God, God is going to speak through Bob. I was going to say God's going to bring the message. God is going to bring the message, uh, but Bob's going to uh, come preach. Let's, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this uh, thing that we get to celebrate together. Uh, this live thank you um, 
it's, it's really hard to do that. It's easier said than done. And yesterday was a reminder for myself that um, I, I have to be in complete and total uh, dependence uh, on you. Uh, because there is no, no good thing within myself to be able to meet anyone's need or to be generous of my own, uh, of, of my own doing. Uh, it's because of the grace that's been poured out on me that I get to go and dispense grace to others that need it. And, and, and Father, I pray that this church would be um, an, an instrument of peace and grace in, the, in this community as it was yesterday and just the small task that, that, was, that was done. God, I pray that you would send us many more opportunities to, to be gracious and to be generous to others and to, and to love them into the kingdom of God. Thank you so much uh, for this time. God, be with us as we look into your word the next few moments. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you, Justin. And uh, you are a sick man if you're not willing to let Dad pay for the meal. I mean, go for it. Uh, you know, I remember um, back in the day when people did that for me and now that uh, I have the opportunity I love doing it for my kids uh, I remember my uh, father-in-law kind of started me down this road I, uh, when I had just married Betty we weren't poor we were po <laughs> you know there's a difference and I can remember when we would leave after visiting uh, he'd shake my hand and there'd be a $20 bill in it well, you know, I can remember back then, uh, that would actually get us back to Kentucky. Well, I thought, that's a great idea. I ought to do that for my son and daughter when they leave. And God said, 20 bucks won't get them out of the city limits. <laughs> I realized, okay, I got to give them a 50 or a 100. Anyway, uh, but that is one of the joys that we have is the joy of giving. And, and that's why I love this live, hashtag live thank you. Uh, make sure you participate in this. This is a great opportunity to just leave this with somebody. And I, I think Shannon sent out uh, something on the app that said, when you go out to lunch today, uh, go ahead and leave a generous tip. If you're going to leave this, leave a generous tip. If you're going to be cheap, tell them you're Baptist. All right. So anyway, but we—I'm just kidding. Those of you, somebody's going to say, "Well, are you talking trash about the Baptist?" And all I have to say is, if that's what you think, you're a loser. No, come on. We're just having fun. Hey, you know when I was thinking about this whole idea of hashtag live thank you, you know what we're doing? We're not patting ourselves on the back and saying, "Aren't we nice people?" And we're just saying thank you because it's the right thing to do. Justin hit it right on the head. We are saying thank you to those around us because we're just passing on our gratitude to God. We are centered in Jesus Christ in what God is doing. So I want to talk with you a little bit today uh, about how we give away what is the most important thing of all. You alluded to it about your kids. You know, you said you, what was it, pay pray and play and said your kids were ministering and they didn't know that what were they giving away I think we all know what they're giving they're giving love 
They were just giving love away to the people who were around them. And that's what really impacted the folks. I, I was reminded of a uh, professor of mine from seminary who, uh, he was telling us this story. And he said, when I was a young guy, I was not very compassionate. I mean, he was just confessing this to us. He said, I really, you know, didn't feel much for other people. But um, he said, God, while I was in seminary, began to change my heart. So he was telling this story about when he was uh, in seminary somewhere in a, in a large city, and he was riding the bus to class. Well, he was standing up. I don't travel much in big cities, and so I, but I've seen, you know, where they're standing up in the bus, and then, you know, the other folks sitting. And he said there was this young lady who was sitting next to him as he was standing and holding on. And I guess the got her sick, and she threw up on him. <laughs> well, he said, you know, I'm not usually too crazy about that sort of thing. Uh, but he made this comment. And again, I want you to understand, he was giving the story sort of confessionally, not patting himself. He said, I was surprised because my first reaction wasn't, oh, gross. What I, my first reaction was, oh, she's sick. I wonder what I can do to help her. That's what God does in our hearts when his love washes over us. So let's take a look at this marvelous passage from 1 John chapter 3. It's a, it's a passage about the love of God. And that's where we just live into this hashtag live thank you. So let's take a look at this uh, passive scripture. This is the message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Now, we must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. Why did he kill him? Well, because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. Just a, a moment to pause there. Very interesting. He's saying we ought to love each other. He says, don't be like Cain. Who was Cain thinking about? Himself. Jealous of somebody else who was doing something. And so he took the guy's life. He says, that's exactly the opposite of where we're going. All right, let's keep going. Uh, so, don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our Christian brothers and sisters, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart, and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Now, here's where the whole thing gets difficult. I think everybody would agree that we ought to love each other, and we have that uh, oldie from my era. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. 
really bad poetry. But, uh, you know, everybody would agree with that. But here's the deal. What's love? I mean, how do you figure that out? I remember uh, back uh, many years ago, we took a group of people when I was living in Savannah, a group of kids on a um, ski retreat. So I think this was like a community-wide deal. We had, Justin, you'll love this. We had, I think it was like six or 800 kids. I can't remember. We had just this line of tour buses. Uh, filled up with kids and so they came from all different uh, churches all around the community and so as we were getting on you never knew who you were getting on the bus with well so as I'm not only did we as the uh, those who were helping to supervise the thing not only did we not know each other the kids didn't know each other so, you know, I'm sort of getting to know people and trying to talk to folks. You know how you do this stuff. And so I'm introducing myself, you know, and yeah, and this is so-and-so. And then I'd meet some other and say, now, do you two know each other? No. I say, okay, well, you know, this is, this is Richard, and that's John. And, you know, so I'm, I'm sort of introducing folks. Well, as we're traveling on the way, we've been gone for uh, two or three hours on the way. And every now and then some kids would get up and swap seats and, I just sort of see what was going on. Well, after we'd been gone for a little while, all of a sudden I began to feel flames licking at my shoulder. And so I kind of looked back across the uh, aisle and one row behind me, and here were two teenagers in serious lip lock. I mean, they were burning. And I said, whoa, time out here. You know, we, we're not... Uh, you know, going there on, the, on this journey. And I guess people must think I'm as dumb as I look because the, the young uh, guy looks over at me and he says, oh, but we're in love. And I said to him, just stop me if I'm wrong, but didn't I just introduce the two of you when we got on the bus? And now they're in love. Well, I know this story of deep pathos is going to break your heart, but the next day I saw one of them and said, yeah, we've broken up. Shocker. You know, what is love? How do we live into that? How do we discover? Well, the Scripture is so very clear. Justin talked about it so vividly when he's talking about practical love. And when... Uh, John finishes the passage. He says, let's not just say we talk about, you know, we love each other. Let's do it. So in verse 16, for example, deals exactly with this loads of love and with the hashtag uh, live thank you. He says, if we've got enough to spare, we just take care of ourselves, don't help somebody else who's in need. How can we say that God's love lives in us? There's something about love that has to be acted out. It has to be real. It has to be something that matters to somebody else. Uh, probably a lot of these folks that uh, you met at the laundromat, you may or may not see again, I don't know. But this morning, it's going to run through their mind, I've got a few extra bucks because somebody was kind enough to help me out yesterday. And they did more than just give me some money. They prayed with me. They cared about me. They cared about my 
was it sister who was on, on drugs and, and all that. What a gift to be able to pray for people and to care for people. Now, here's where this gets really hard. Shannon gave me a book called Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness. It's a great book by a man named Jerry Cook. I don't know who he is, uh, but the book was terrific, and it really challenged me. And as we're talking about love here, I, I need you to hang with me because who is it we're supposed to love? I mean, you can't just love anybody, can you? Can, can you? I mean, what if they don't love you back? What if they take your love and then they end up stabbing you in the back? You know, we just love them anyway. Duh. And yet, that's a hard thing for so many of us to grasp. Jerry Cook tells this uh, powerful story about a, a pastor who had uh, committed adultery. He lost his church and ministry and, uh, and then lost his marriage. Uh, ended up marrying the woman that he was having the, uh, committing adultery with, and they had a, a child. Well, fast forward in the story about 18 months. Jerry Cook, who's a pastor, was getting ready for church and gets a phone call at 7.30 on Sunday morning. Shannon, you love phone calls Sunday morning? Yeah, you know, it's not really what we're thinking of at the time. You know, you're trying to gear up and get ready and get your mind. But he picks up the phone, and it's this pastor who had committed adultery and lost his church and lost his his family. And he asks Jerry Cook this question. Can I come to your church this morning? And Jerry says, well, of course you can. I mean, why would you even ask a question like that? And he said, well, because we have gone to some churches and the ushers have turned us away on the steps there are some pastors in our community who have called us before we ever came and said, don't come. The last time we went to a church was a month ago. The pastor saw us out there in the congregation and from the pulpit asked us to get up and leave. And he said, I don't, I don't think I can take rejection like that again. So that's why I'm calling to ask if I can come. And he said, Jerry Cook said, well, of course you can come. He said, I need to tell you, I'm married now to the woman that I had the affair with, and we have a little child. And Jerry Cook said, listen, I will meet you at the front door of our church, and I will personally welcome you in to our fellowship. That story just gripped me. I don't know about you, but I am just stunned. I guess I shouldn't be, but I'm just stunned that churches would turn people away. You know, they kept saying about Jesus, you know the kind of people he hangs out with? 
tax collectors, sinners, prostitutes. It looks like Jesus will love just anybody. And, you know, we can't have that going on, can we? <laughs> can we? Can we have anything other than that and call ourselves Christians? Now, I don't have time to unwrap all this stuff, but I will just mention this to you. Jerry Cook, the book is entitled Love, Acceptance, and Forgiveness, and uh, he makes this comment, love does not mean license. Yeah, I love you so you can do anything. But no, love has appropriate boundaries. I'll tell you a story about that in a minute. Acceptance does not mean agreement. He says we love uh, we accept somebody because we value the person, not because we agree with the person. I found that very helpful in, in uh, my understanding of things. And then forgiveness does not mean uh, compromise. So when we forgive somebody, we don't say, yeah, well, okay, you know, you ran over my uh, best hunting dog. That's okay. No, we're, we're not what was done was wrong, but we still are choosing to forgive. So here's where we come back to. Love is a choice. And so we say, well, I'm going to love somebody, but, and there's the problem. If we're going to love, we, we can't keep the but in there. So I want to read to you something that Jerry Cook has in his book that is his love commitment. He says this, and he, he said he'll do this in front of a group of people, bring somebody up, and this is how he sort of demonstrates the way that their church has committed to love. He says, I want you to know that I am committed to you. You'll never knowingly suffer at my hands. I'll never say or do anything knowingly to hurt you. I'll always, in every circumstance, seek to help you and support you. If you're down and I can lift you up, I'll do that. Anything I have that you need, I'll share with you. And if need be, I'll give it to you. No matter what I find out about you and no matter what happens in the future, either good or bad, my commitment to you will never change. And there's nothing you can do about it. You don't have to respond. I love you, and that's what it means. That's strong stuff. Love is unilateral and says, you may break my heart, you may reject me, but I am still going to choose to love you, even if you do things with which I disagree. But love has appropriate boundaries with it. So, there was a young girl, a young woman, who was, I think, uh, in college, and she was talking with an older uh, friend of hers, lady, and said, now, I remember when I was a teenage girl, I used to be just hateful to my mother. I would even tell her, I hate you. And so the woman said, well, how... Did your mother ever say anything? She said, no. Then she asked, what, did you, what do you wish your mom had done? 
And she said this, I wish mom had done something, anything. I wish she'd slapped me. I wish she'd said, stop saying, I wish she'd done something. And then the woman asked her this question, did you ever ask your mom why she didn't do anything, why she didn't say anything? And she said, yeah, I did ask her. Well, what'd she say? She said, I thought if I said something to you, if I tried to stop you, if I tried to discipline you, you'd think I didn't love you. Wow. Listen, love has appropriate boundaries. But love is always love. Love never gives up. Fred Craddock uh, has now gone home to heaven. He was a preacher for many years, taught preaching. And one of the uh, most um, wonderful preachers I've ever heard in my life. And he tells this story about how his wife once sent him on a hunting uh, expedition to a grocery store to get snow peas. Now I'm telling you, you send a man into a grocery store to get snow peas, it's like sending somebody into a, a war without a weapon. You know, the guy's just clueless. So after sort of lurching around in the grocery store for a while with no uh, success, he sees an experienced chopper, read a woman, and he walks up to her and he says, excuse me, can you tell me where the snow peas are? At which point she grabs her purse, clutches it to her chest, and she says, are you hitting on me? Well, he's this short, balding guy, you know, just about as innocuous as, and he said, no, lady, I, I just want to know where the snow peas are. Which point she said, well, you know, you can't be too careful. He looked at her and said, yes, you can. Let's pray. Can we love just anybody? Surely not. I mean, you can't be too careful. Yes, you can. Jesus was hopeless in loving people. I mean, he would love just anybody. He loved people who ended up denying him. He loved people who ended up betraying him. He loved people that nobody else would love. He loved people that the world rejected. He loved people who were outcast. And they loved him back because they knew he loved them with a love that would not end. It was not an I love you if, it was an I'll love you even. God, we're asking you to help us to love like that. We can't do that on our own. That's why we have to come to the cross. It's at the cross that we see what real love is like. Where Jesus dies there to carry our sins even though we have rejected him, turned against him, well, that's the kind of love that you want to put in our hearts. So help us, because we can't do it on our own. Some of us are here today, Lord, and maybe we can't love like that because we don't yet know Jesus. Others of us, we're not loving like that because our love tank is empty. 
and we need to come to the cross again and say, oh, Jesus, fill me anew with your love. Oh, we're here to just to ask. So would you help us to love you with all our hearts? You can't be too safe. Yes, you can. Thanks for listening to the Solomon's Porch Podcast. We hope you heard some good practical news in this episode that you can apply to your life. If you'd like, we'd love for you to review our podcast on iTunes and share it with your friends. You can also support our ministry by going to theporchvaldosta.com slash give. Until next time, stay classy, listening friends.